0: Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, welcome back to the Corner of Truth and Courage and a Merry Christmas to you this day. Here we are, December 25th, 2020. Wow, what a year it's been. But it's still the day that we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to take this special day, and I'm not sure how many will be listening on Christmas Day. If you are, would you email us and uh, give us a hello? Our email address is tom at fortressoffaith.com. Wish us a Merry Christmas and let us know that you're listening out there on this day. I pre-recorded today's message so that I can spend the day this week with my family and I hope you're able to be with your family on this day. Some of you with COVID are not able, I understand that. I want to take today's broadcast and to talk to you about the Jewish holiday that they celebrate this season called Hanukkah. And as I've studied you know, of course, my studies deal a lot with Islam and Muslims in the Middle East. You can't help but also get into the Jewish customs as a preacher, as a Baptist preacher. We've studied Jewish customs and the Old Testament and, and stuff. But I never really knew much about Hanukkah until about, you know, four or five years ago. And I came across this study and, and I thought, wow, there's Jesus Jesus is in Hanukkah. And I want to share with you how we can find Jesus in Hanukkah. And we'll get into that here in a moment. Before we do, let me quickly remind you that we're still in our year-end fundraising appeal. And to end the year in the black, we still need to raise eight, sorry, $5,000 over these next eight days. And so maybe perhaps you'll help us with a donation this next week, our office is closed, of course. Today, but you can give safely, securely online at FortressofFaith.com. FortressofFaith.com, and we're desperately in need of increasing our monthly donors, our uh, uh, team, those who uh, partner with us on a monthly basis. There, and and uh, and if you can give ten dollars, twenty dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, uh, it would be a great. Great blessing to us there. And if you could help us again, you can set that up online at FortressOfFaith.com. All right. Well, the intertestament period is that 400-year period where we call these the silent years. It's not that necessarily that God didn't speak or that God didn't move and, and and still help Israel. It's just we did we had no writing prophets during that time period. There were some accounts written during that time, Maccabees and and, and so on there, and these are found in, in what's called the Apocrypha books. Uh, by the way, those of you out there say I'm 1611 King James. Now, I'm a King James guy, don't get me wrong, and I'm not trying to throw dirt here in any way, but please understand, they translated in 1611 the those intertestament books. They're the Apocrypha. And it wasn't until 1769 that it was removed. So if you say you're a 1611 guy, then are you saying that you accept the Apocrypha books as well? Because that was given to us by the King James. That was the King James Bible. It had the Apocrypha in there. I'm a 1769 King James, by the way. I don't hold to those Apocrypha books. During that intertestament period, Israel came under foreign domination. The Greeks ruled the world. And it was interesting, all the way down to the book of Daniel, you know, almost a thousand years earlier, we had prophecy that you know, there would be other kingdoms, the Medes and the Persians and Babylon and, and Syria, all, all these other different kingdoms were coming. to coming. They were in play and they would end and a new kingdom would come. And some, And we were given prophecy about Greece and Rome. And uh, for Greece, that it would break into four parts. And it did under, you know, when um, the great Alexander the Great died, uh, his four generals split the kingdom into four parts. And then they battled amongst each other. And the ruler Antichus Epiphanes, who was originally set up um, in Egypt, in Alexandria, Egypt, made war with the general in Syria. And as he came over and conquered Syria, of course, Israel got taken in, in that. And he had disrespect towards the Jews and desecrated the temple by taking a pig, no less, and offering a sacrifice to Zeus on the altar of God. And so under this occupation, there was an uprising. Judah Ben Mattathias, nicknamed the Hammer, or where we get Maccabus with the Maccabeans. And, uh, and, he, and they warred against uh, the Greeks and conquered them, and regained Jerusalem, the temple, on Get this, the 25th day of the month of December in the year 165 BC. And so this is the season that records what happened in this event. Now, the Jews wanted to consecrate the temple back for holy worship to Jehovah God. But in order to consecrate and dedicate the temple back, uh, all the way back in the Levitic- book of Leviticus, we were given uh, very specific rules of how oil that is used for the burning in the menorah, that seven candlestick, that lamp, that seven lamps there, the candlestick, there, that oil that was used to burn there was very costly, very tedious to, to be made. And it takes days, takes over a week to get it done. And they only had enough oil to burn in the temple for one night. Each lug, each um, lamp would take half a lug, six ounces, to burn that specific oil. Now the oil was made from myrrh, myrrh which is a rock, and they would have to turn it into a liquid form. They would have to get sweet-smelling cinnamon, fragrant cane, and cassia oil, and then, of course, the main ingredient, olive oil, the most virgin of the olive oil that is pressed. They're just across on the other side, the valley, up on the Mount of Olives, is where the olive oil that was used in the temple. And it takes eight days for this process, and mainly it's the myrrh to make that into a liquid form, this is, it's a very costly and tedious operation. In order for that to happen, there, uh, it would take take a week or more. So when they lit the candles, when they put the, what, what they had remaining, the, a miracle occurred. It didn't just burn for one night, which is usually what it would do. It burned for eight nights eight straight nights, enough time for more consecrating oil to be burned in the lamp for the consecration of the temple. A miracle had occurred. God had extended the life of that oil, just like he did with the widow that gave the uh, meal and oil to the prophet Isaiah. You know, God can turn little into much. So the, the festival, the celebration of Hanukkah, is the celebration of this miracle? Now, there were certain festivals that God had given to Israel that were obligatory for them to carry on. I think there's eight of them. You know, things like uh, first fruits and and uh, Passover and uh, uh, Pentecost and so on. There, but th- this was a festival that began as a tradition amongst the Jews because of what God had done for them. Sometimes it's, it's called two different. Things. It's called sometimes the dedication of of, uh, the Feast of Dedication or the Festival of Lights. And we find in John chapter 10, verse 22, that Jesus Christ was there in the temple celebrating the Feast of Dedication. Now, this wasn't an Old Testament law for them to do, but Jesus is participating in this because, after all, this was a miracle of God. And so, you know, some say, well, they're adding to the Bible. Well, Jesus affirmed what they did by, by being there. Now, where do we find Jesus in this? Now, here's where it gets really interesting. This is really a story of deliverance and consecration. You know, the story of Hanukkah is how God delivered them from their oppression and how they consecrated, how they set this, you know, set themselves apart or the temple apart for holy worship. Now, the Hanukkah candlestick doesn't have seven in it, doesn't have eight, but nine candlesticks. The menorah has seven, one in the middle and three on each side. But the Hanukkah has one in the middle and four on each side. And this is an eight-day festival. And during that time, they'll eat uh, food, uh, fried foods that are, you know, cooked in oil, which represents the oil. And on the first night of the eighth night, two candles are lit. The first candle, which is in the middle... And then the middle candle is taken to one of the outside candles and lights the outside. And then the next night, they would take that middle candle and then light another one from the outside. And that middle candle is, the, is used each and every night to light a different candle. You don't light a candle directly other than that, that, individual, that middle one on that first night. That middle candle is called the shamish candle, or rather the servant. The shamish, the servant. Here's where we find Jesus Jesus is the one who gives us the light. He is the light of the world. And all the other candles get their light from the servant. From the Shamish. In Isaiah chapter 42, 49, chapter 50, chapter 53, the Messiah is referred to oftentimes as the Shamish, the servant. And so this is where we find Jesus of Hanukkah, the light. And Jews don't realize this, they don't know who the Shamish is, but they know the Shamish gives light. The Shamish is the one who they turn to to give the light to the other candles. There's another part of the story that I see Jesus in here. The oil, remember when Jesus, remember the oil that's used in the temple for the consecration comes from where? It comes from the Mount of Olives. Remember when Jesus was in the Mount of Olives before his crucifixion? There he prayed three times. He was pressed three times and he sweat as if it were uh, uh drops of blood there and the enormous amount of pressure he was under of what he was about to undergo to take on the sins of the earth and be separated from his father for the first time and and Jesus now you know when they virgin you know how virgin oil is made when they press the oil the first pressing is what is used in the temple for the for for the oil burning the second pressing is what others would use of their oil burning for their lights. But the third pressing is where you cook with your food. So the oil, when you make olive oil, it gets pressed three times, three times. And just like Jesus was pressed three times, so is the olive oil. And so we see again, another example. So the challenge is this, to the lost, this is a message of deliverance. Like the Jews were delivered You too can be delivered through the light. If you're saved, then live a consecrated, sanctified, set-apart life for your Savior. While I close with wishing you a very Merry Christmas. God bless you.